Hey listeners, kick back and enjoy this Remembrancers Retreat mini-episode with Will and Jared. Hey guys, this is uh, Remembrancers Retreat. Uh, William and Jared are here. We've got a little mini-episode for you. Uh, we just wanted to cover the event we had yesterday. Um, Jared was running it. I was giving him assistance. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a great event. And this was Jared's second event. And already, I want to say it was one of the best events we've had in Richmond as far as just pure fun that we could do. Like all the shen- like all the, the, the shenanigans we got to pull and the the armies that came out to play it was amazing jared so why don't you give us a rundown name of the event the backstory of it and uh, like all the rules and stipulations that went into this event okay well uh i started off and i was just kind of bsing at uh battlegrounds with austin and david and steven and they were playing bfg i think i was dropping off bits or something and i i still know very very little about Battlefleet Gothic or getting into it. But, uh, you know, they looked like they were having a lot of fun, and we just kind of floated the idea of doing a joint 30k BFG event, which I know, Will, you've floated in the past, and we just didn't have the, the time. The, was the issue was I, I was like, man, you guys are playing, because I found out they were playing BFG like two weeks before my event, and I was like, is it possible we can somehow rope that in? But two weeks is not enough time to prepare a dual event like that. Yeah, and now I feel like we've got a lot bigger group of BFG players, myself not yet included in that. But, uh, you know, we've got a, a bunch more solid players that's becoming way more of a thing in the 30K community, Richmond in particular. Um, so I kind of floated that. I already I mean, had... side note, I think, what are we up to? Probably nine or ten BFG players, maybe? Yeah, Active, something like I know that. we have at least five or six. And then I know I've got the Iron Hand fleet that is in the process. Um, so yeah, our little meta of or our little community of BFG and 30k is definitely getting some traction. And yeah, it's the kind of thing for me. It's like I know when I go into it, it's going to be hard. I just don't have the time right now to do it, particularly with Nova coming up. But back to the event, we uh, I kind of talked it over, and I was just sort of rolling ideas around in my head and. At the time, I was reading Praetorian of Dorne, which spectacular book. If you haven't read it, definitely, definitely go go read it because it really is top notch. But uh, they talk a lot about some of the things that were going on in the soul system and just kind of in the the overview of what the the greater war just around Terra was. There's so many different ideas that uh, I think John French puts in just just like one sentence would be like, oh, that'd be a great narrative event idea. Or, oh, that'd be something great to do. And that's what kind of uh, yeah. gave me the idea. If you read one of his books, I have to control myself because immediately I go off the fucking reserve and I'm like, we got to make an event out of every chapter in this book. Dude, that's literally what it about came down to. Is is I, I started with something completely different. It was going to be like an Alpha Legion, like like sabotage, you know, have, have like one Alpha Legion player on each side kind of event. And then that just... BFG got in the mix and I was like, well, that's, that's a terrible idea. Let's do something completely different. <laughs> so we got the idea of um, doing a battle around a space station because that would allow us to incorporate 30 K 
and BFG elements um, and have them each kind of affecting the other. Um, yeah, and I got to say, the way you did it was very smooth. It There was no clunkiness to it at all. Both tables knew what they had to do, and it didn't, like, there was no waiting for BFG. Like, I mean, we, we waited for BFG as later you'll, you'll find out uh, for, like, reserves, but it's just you would wait for your next turn, and the reserves would come on. You know what I mean? It's not like you're like, all right, everybody stop the game. BFG just landed ships. We're, we've got to stop the game and get these reserves out on the table. It was just all seamless, and every action that we did played in the proper phasing that it should have on the other table. Yeah, that's something we had really kind of tried to play at, plan out in advance. Um, you know, we already... Steven and Austin are probably our two most experienced BFG players. Well, David, I take that back. David probably has the most experience between him and Austin. But uh, unfortunately, David wasn't able to make it. But, uh, you know, we know uh, Steven and Austin both have fleets that are respective of their own legions. So they could be landing reinforcements uh, off of their fleets and, it would, you know, just add an extra thematic element there. Um, yeah, amazing how they both, like, Austin plays Space Wolves, he's got a Space Wolf fleet. Steven plays Word Bears, he's got a Word Bear fleet. And you were like, oh, well, shit, they both have armies, too, so how do we incorporate them to play on both tables? So uh, the idea we kind of went with is, uh, you know, the game was 3,000 points a player, which is big. That's very big. We ended up having, I think... 10 players. The amount of players. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a lot. We had 30,000 points on the board to start with. And then uh, Austin and Steven each brought around 3,000 points of their own as reinforcements. So uh, the overall scenario, the kind of uh, fluff I wrote up for this is there's a space station that controls some of the warp routes leading into the D43 system. Because at this point, you know, for the last couple events, we've been at kind of a dead heat. You know, loyalists will win one, traders will win one. We've kind of been going back and forth. Um, so I wanted something that would be kind of a tiebreaker that would would sway the the campaign in in one direction. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, later, no spoilers, but you'll find out it didn't. <laughs> but. Uh, so the space station, uh, Ankylia, you know, if one side can control it, they'll be able to bring in uh, reinforcements from other systems. They'll be able to, uh, you know, bring a lot more power to bear in the D43 system and kind of tip the tides in their favor. So, you know, the loyalists kind of envision this attack. I Going into this, I knew I wanted loyalists as the attackers. I felt like that's kind of a a thing we've run into is traders are constantly on the offensive constantly. Yeah, on the exactly. Offensive. And it was about time that the traders struck back in B4-3 because they've yeah. been getting pushed back since day one. <laughs> the traders started invading uh, Ormenos and then they sort of pushed them back from there, you know? So this was, it was about time that the uh, loyalists got to fight back. Oh yeah. Um, so we had, uh, you know, I knew loyalists were going to be attacking. Um, so the Space Wolf fleet for this is kind of trying to land, uh, you know, do a, a signature sneak attack. You know, they're, they're not known for stealth, but they are known for tactical acumen and, and uh, strategic know-how. So 
space wolves come out of nowhere, land a force, but, you know, much to their misfortune, a word bearer's fleet materializes kind of right as they're landing. And they've all of a sudden, you know, what goes from a simple, you know, overwhelm the defenders sort of attack just turns into a bloodbath of each side pouring in men and material onto the space station. Oh. And that's really so, what it was. I mean, both sides suffered horrendous losses, which as oh, an event it, of this large should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, that was one of my biggest concerns going in was balance. Um, you know, particularly with the number of players we had and just with the different advantages, you know, I knew loyalists are attacking. I want them to have first turn, um, which in a game of that size is big, is really big. When, and it ended up being important. I mean, we took out, uh, the loyalists took out the only Titan on the board turn one. So he didn't even get to shoot. Yeah, which sucks for Bo, you know. Sorry, Bo. But, um, <laughs> Sorry, Bo. I mean, them the rules, my man. Well, to be fair, initially going into this, we had the idea of having a Reaver and a Warhound from each side on the, uh, you know, at no points cost, just on the board to, to supplement. But David couldn't make it, and Bo didn't get his Reaver painted, uh, painted in time, so he just had the Warhound. So that Warhound cost zero points out of his army. He just had it, and then it just got taken away. <laughs> yeah, that was the balance, right? We gave it to him for free, but and then, eh, the balance was we took it away before he could do anything with it. So it was like, why? I'm sure he's like, why did I bring this goddamn thing? Yeah, you know, yeah. But, I mean, it, uh, it, 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 it got on the table, and it was a great centerpiece <laughs> for the pictures. You know what I mean? It looked really great. It did. Which I feel bad. With, like we never nominated a photographer, so we had like twenty pictures of the whole event. Next time we need. But it was God. It was. I, I gotta say, it was fun just focusing on playing and not having to work. For me, normally I'm the one who's yeah. running these things, so for me to just be able to relax and play, that was great. I gotta say, so thank it you is. for that. You know. And too bad I didn't focus and take more pictures like I should have. (laughs) Well, you know, next time we should, that is one thing we should do is like, you know, nominate somebody. Hey, you know, bring a camera or I mean, I've got a camera myself. Um, Just snap like a picture every turn or something. Nothing fancy. Yeah. Um, Usually I think in the past what I've done is people who have the least amount of models or the least um, points will take on that role. Yeah. I probably could ask. You know, they're only they're only moving a couple units. Like if somebody <laughs> brought knights, he's got five oh, knights yeah. to move maybe for an event, and then he can go take pictures when he's done moving. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, going back to the the event mechanics. So uh, each fleet on the BFG table was trying to land reinforcements onto the thirty k table to help out their respective side. Um, and this actually, I, I think uh, Stephen and Austin went into this quite a bit more, but uh, this had a big impact on how the BFG event actually went down, how that, that game turned out. Because as, as they explained it to me, uh, Stephen was trying to land as many uh, forces on the station as possible, and Austin was just going for the throat. So oh, <laughs> Austin wow. ended up coming out ahead, when, 
you know, I feel like if that if the 30k game had gone on for a couple more turns, I think traders would have been pushing us hard. Because well, yeah, Steven was getting reinforcements on like turn one. He yes, or, or at least turn two, he had already made landfall. And turn two, he had six units come on. Yeah, and they were coming in behind us. So like you know, we had pushed into the facility already. Uh, we'll get into like game details later. I don't want to spoil stuff, but we had pushed into the facility, and nobody. I I want to say not really anybody except for me. You know, hyping myself here, jerking myself off, but uh, I kept some <laughs> rear security. <laughs> paid off immensely when uh, some enemy reserves came on. To be fair, Jesse did too. He had in the landing zone a heavy bolter squad with those uh, crazy Dark Angel shells and uh, oh yes, yes, shatter shell and uh, the the Asaline shells. Oh yeah, and they did work too. They did pretty well. Yeah, I love um, how people like people were shit talking Jesse's. Heavy bolter squad. They're like, oh, am I really afraid of this heavy bolter squad? And you just fucking laid dudes to waste with heavy bolters. Uh, yeah, you're an idiot if you're not at least a little scared of that. I mean, they yes. got on a roll of a three or less. They're they're freaking deadly to power armor. But but back to the uh, <laughs> so we were having we were having people send in the reserves. The battle fleet gothic guys. They didn't play their armies, but they had other individuals play their armies for them. So we had nominated a couple guys who didn't have armies, but were still interested in 30k. So we said, hey guys, come play, we'll provide armies, and all you gotta do is wait for the BFG team to land your units. So it was yeah. great. We got, you know, people in who haven't gotten to play with us in like over a year. Yeah, um, it was great to roll dice with Jolly again. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, and just to have like the whole family reunion back and everybody having fun rolling dice together. Yeah, that was a uh, good times. Um, so the overall thirty um, k side, what each side was trying to do was control three objectives on the board, and each objective after turn two had in-game consequences for the BFG fleets. So the fleets are trying to send reinforcements onto the thirty k table, and the thirty k table is trying to control these objectives that will give advantages to the fleets they're supporting. <coughs> so what were the um, objectives? I know one of them, one of the objectives was a LAS battery, or I guess just weapons platform that allowed you to use yeah. the weapons on the space station in the BFG game, right? Correct. There was, uh, and that was the one that uh, Robbie and his salamanders were, were fighting so uh, long over, was uh, it controlled the station's weapons batteries. And Steven read up a pretty impressive uh, weapons profile for the, uh, you know, emplaced weapons on the station. And if you haven't seen the pictures of it yet, he made a really, really, really cool model of the station to be used in BFG. It looks so yeah, it's a gigantic cool. asteroid in comparison to like the ships. It's even big, and uh, it's got yeah. like uh, ordnance bays on there. And uh, but, yeah, Stephen made this really amazing model. Um, used a bunch of like Skitari, I think a quad gun bit to simulate some of the weaponry. It was really, really impressive what he did. Yeah. No, he used like a gigantic ass turret from the um the 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 quad gun that comes with the Aegis defense line on top as like just yeah. a gigantic yeah. anti ship weapon. Yeah, it was super awesome, man. The whole thing. Um so the second objective, which uh Chase and Dan fought pretty much the whole game over, was uh a communications array, which specifically would allow you to um, 
lower the enemy's leadership by one. And I guess in BFG, that's a huge thing because a big part of that game is leadership tests and, and, you know, how you maneuver and carrying out orders and whatnot. So that's a tremendous advantage having that enhanced, uh, you know, command and control capability. Yeah, absolutely. And the third objective, which was basically held by the traders till the end of the game, they didn't even come close to giving up that objective was a uh, ordnance battery that specifically could target uh, incoming reinforcements, which oh, is what, damn what? Yeah. That's why they had so oh, many man. more <laughs> reinforcements come in than the loyalists did. Oh man. I had no idea they were shooting our uh, reserve boats out of the air, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't, I never got into uh, actually talk with Austin and Steven and how that all went down. But I mean, that, that was the objective that uh, Evan and Jason were holding for the whole game. And I mean, yeah, yeah that, we weren't getting anywhere near there. I got to say, I loved being just that blind soldier who's like, you need to take these objectives. And I was like, okay, sure thing, boss. Not knowing why. Just like, all right, I was told to go take this. I guess I'll go grab it real quick and hope nobody steals it from me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's Shattered Legions. You just kind of, yeah. you know groping blindly and trying to figure things out. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the three objectives. Steven placed some, uh, like, I think it was 10, between seven and 10, like poker chips on the board. And he said those specifically were like, like secondary objectives that if you controlled more than your enemy and at least three, you got to use the big gun, which again, traders got pretty much most of the game. Um, yeah, they, they no, held that really well. We, yeah, loyalists, we held that for the most part, didn't we? Um, I know there was at least two rounds we held it, but man, it's just there were there were so many bodies yeah, inside was, there. So okay, so are, are there any other game mechanics you want to talk about? Because I want to get into the nitty gritty about like the map layout and you know turns and how they went down, man. Like super memorable moments. Uh, so just in general, victory points. We, I scored it by Slay the Warlord, the cost of failure, so you get D3 for taking out a Lord of War. and oh, Price of failure, yeah. Price of failure, I'm sorry. And uh, after turn two, like at the end of turn two, we started counting victory points on objectives. So if you controlled an objective at the end of turn two onward, you got a victory point for each objective you controlled. Um, you know, they started off entirely in trader hands, so I wanted to give loyalists at least one turn to get on the board and do some stuff before we started awarding points. Sure. Which, uh, I mean, all right, let's go to it. Let, let's get into it. What was, was the end result? So at the end of the day, uh, it was 13 victory points, loyalists, 13 victory points, traders. We were in a dead heat. Um, yep. It was just so cool that it was that balanced and that close. I feel like, like each individual player everybody did at least some cool stuff nobody just got beat and stayed beat uh, yeah there was we'll, we'll get into it because i know on my section that, that i was controlling a lot of shit went down where i was like i was feeling like the man one minute and then i was getting stomped but then the, like it never felt like you were constantly at a loss you know what i mean sometimes yeah. you play those games and you'll just be like i'm just gonna lose this whole thing you know like, uh, for example, your your Serastus Ram will fly in, and then it'll get intercepted by a Imperial Fist 
heavy support squad and they'll blow it down and kill all but the apothecary that's in there and you're like well fuck there goes like almost a thousand points down the drain when did this happen I, you, I, I, I don't remember i don't remember this no you don't <laughs> huh, do you? <laughs> i mean I, I i'm sure i don't know what you're speaking of but uh, yeah it definitely felt like it was fun for everybody um uh so yeah um and what ended up winning was the fact that the space wolves won a fleet battle yeah that uh so we we had kind of come up with a rough way to tally victory points and i tallied everything up and was like holy crap we're actually tied um and austin had some damn good dice rolls he really he got he had a good strategy and he got pretty stinking lucky on a couple major turning points in the fleet engagement and was really sticking it to Steven. So, you know, fluff wise, plot wise, you know, the loyalists have won the void war. They control the space around that space station. So there's not going to be any more traders coming on. Loyalists can take out traders at will and can uh, land reinforcements as needed. So the loyalists won that one and they actually took it intact. Um, that was one of the yeah, mechanics. Was crazy. I was afraid we were going to completely destroy it by accident. Well, that was something, and I don't, I don't even know if I told you this. That was something I had kind of banked on. It was sort of a failsafe if one side was winning, you know, really bad. I wrote it in as, hey, this is a way that we can kind of level things out and it won't be too lopsided one way or the other. Is I had it written and it never just came into to play at all. If one side was up three victory points or more, then the opposing side, the side that's losing, can start calling an ordinance onto the station. So they say, all right, things aren't going our way. Let's just blow this thing up. And it just never happened. And, <laughs> and yeah, if it had, it would have been a less, um, you know, a less complete victory for whichever side won because you want that station intact. You want to, you know, be able to use it to, you know, gain the strategic advantage um, of holding it and not just, you know, having a, a chunk of rock, but all the facilities and the infrastructure that goes along with it. Exactly. So loyalists actually won really big just with that. point that pushes the traders back. Finally, the loyalists have won and they are now pushing the traders back out of the D four, three star cluster. So it, it's awesome, man. I can't wait to see where else we go from this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm starting to let um I'm starting. I'm I'm encouraging more people to do their own events. So like when you approached me, you were like, dude, I got this awesome idea. Can I do this? I was like, absolutely because I would like to play a game and just chill out for a minute. So, you know, uh get on it. If you want to host an event for D four three, let me know. I'll work with you, I'll give you resources that I got. You know, we've got uh plenty of terrain between everybody, so let's make it happen, you know. Yeah, I think uh, Jesse in particular has a pretty impressive terrain cache after yeah, the muster in February. Rowing, rowing, yeah, but he's got a table in his house now, so really uh, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Getting some games at his place, he's talking about it a lot. But, uh, um, all right, so great rundown of the event. Let's get into memorable action. So turn one, let's just back up. The board was set up like an asteroid. Parts of the facility were destroyed. Other parts of it still had, like, rock crust. uh, And other parts of it still had, like, mantle that had been bombarded and heated rock, right? 
Yep. So there were sections of it that was volcanic still, volcanic. Uh, other parts of it were just like rocky outgroves, and then other parts of it were destroyed um, manufacturums, which was great, you know, blending all those. We used three tables and a T configuration, and where the T junction met, we had a zone mortalis board set up. And uh, the traders started inside the zone mortalis, and loyalists started outside. They could the loyalists could line up right at the walls of the zone mortalis, and traders could line up right at the walls of zone mortalis. So it was potentially you could have a turn one charge from like two inches away, right? Believe it or not, I still failed plenty of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, the turn one and two, my dice rolls were terrible, man. But we we'll get into that. Um, but we had it set up like Zone Mortalis, and uh, it was very open, though, so you could fit a lot of armor. And this was like the last, uh, uh, the Alamo for the traders, if you will. They had a, a fleet bay there, and they were slowly uh, extracting their dudes via Stormbird and Thunderhawk out of the fleet bay back to their uh, fleets. However, the Loyalists came in while the fleet bay was open and landed an assault force. So we started out outside the Zone Mortalis, and on the landing bay itself, we could deploy, which was really nice. Yeah, going into this, I knew I wanted to have a, a unique deployment map. I feel like, you know, Dawn of War is great. <coughs> Hammer and Anvil is fun. I wanted something. I, I fooled with a bunch of different things, but I'm really happy with how it all turned out because in particular, it was a unique thing, but also not everybody was just rubbing up against each other, you know, and so yeah, many times. It was not to but, but you still had room to maneuver your troops. Yeah. The other thing was <coughs> as this zone mortalis that we have, um, it is modular. You can add or remove pieces from it. So we had walls leading into the facility, or, or I'm sorry, doors that led into the facility, but you could make an attack against a wall. They were armor 11 with one hull point. You could remove a wall section. You could only remove one with a single attack, So, but of course, you know, blasts are still blasts. So if you had a battle cannon, you could fire it and try to take out two walls. <laughs> and this was amazing because of the fact that Robbie brought his Mastodon to this event, so he actually got to fucking assault with a Mastodon through a building, crushing it as he goes through it, and then deployed a shit ton of Salamanders, uh, Terminators, with uh, Cassian Dracus and other con another Contemptor. So thematic, just to see this thing bulge through this building and just start pushing dudes out. It's super awesome. Yeah, I know the Mastodon gets a lot of crap, but it was damn impressive, and it survived that game. When it, that was up against a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And, and I, the I fact is, I mean, it, wasn't, it was just great as a transport being there and for, for the theme, too. People kept trying to shoot it, but really, I don't think it was putting out a lot of damage, but just the fact of it running through the Zone Mortalis doors and then continuing to just, like, cause damage and destruction along its way was awesome. Yeah, that was that was really impressive, and it just looks amazing. It's a great set piece. Period. Absolutely. Um, what else though? Uh, so that was that. I, I had some more Dathan. They did their sneaky shit. I, I ran Shattered Legions. Uh, Loyalists. So when we do our events, we always encourage the generals. We nominate the generals in advance, and we let them get with their faction, dude. That's why we have pre-registration. 
So you can know, all right, these six guys are on the traders, these six guys are on loyalist, and then they can make their own little groups and they can strategize with each other. I mean, the the everything about the event is planned out. You know you're going to be defending, you know traders are going to have turn two, so you, you can go through that as the general and plan accordingly and talk with your people, which is, I think, super fun and gives you like a feel of really preparing for battle because, well, you are really preparing for a battle. And, uh, and uh, so loyalists talked, and we knew that we were going to have to bring in some reserves. And um, the best way to do that, we felt, was by a deep strike. So a lot of guys ran uh, deep striking terminators or uh, aviation wings and that kind of stuff. And uh, we communicated, and we made sure that we had plenty of uh, deep strike support. So a couple guys brought command rhinos. I brought mon. Um, and we just worked really well as a team, I, f I feel like. And it was uh, super fun to see it all executed so well. Yeah, it, going into this, I mean, obviously, I wrote the event so I could kind of tailor my list however I wanted. Uh, shamelessly. tailoring cheating bastard. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Cheat at your <laughs> own event. But uh, I brought Hammerfall Strike Force, which it, it has always been my ambition to deep strike my entire force in one turn onto the board, which I got to do. Um, I brought Sigismund, Tylus, Rubio, 10 Templar Brethren, 30 Terminators in three different squads, and then a squad of 15 Phalanx Warders with uh, axes and breacher charges. Um, everybody's oh, yeah, deep those guys, Those fucking guys. They didn't do a whole lot. They killed a, a Thousand Sons Praetor and his little, little squad. They kind of Robbie had kind of beaten himself up against that that one squad for two turns, so I just came in and killed oh, the, him. Uh, the objective. Manny's boys, right? The, the yeah, uh, yeah, Manny's Praetor Sun guys. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah. So, oh, by the way, uh, Caro made amazing rolls against Memor Dathan. I infiltrated and I scouted them up to a door, opened it, and then I double tapped some traitor Alpha Legion uh, Iron Hands. So they were they were Alpha Legion dudes who painted their armor like uh, uh, Iron Hands to fucking try to trick us. But no 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 no, I was I was smarter than that. <laughs> and uh, I did a fatal strike against them, and I caused one wound with plasma. Dude, she just saved like at, she kept making five up invuls, and then the feel no pains to where I only killed one Gorgon Terminator the entire time with an, with an entire more death and fatal strike. I was like. Oh shit, those guys are pretty good. Maybe I should get more in my army. <laughs> See, that's funny because I the Terminator squad I deep struck right there spent like three turns in combat with them until they finally pulled through and I had like three guys left. It's crazy, right? You think Gorgons and you're like, oh well, they're only oh, 15 points more expensive than a standard Terminator squad. She wrote extra well. stuff. They're already unwieldy. They're already initiative five. Even give them like power swords or something or lightning claws. Yeah. Just put power fists on them. They come with a five up interval. The uh, all right, we're getting sidetracked. Anyways, gorgons are good. Is my uh, main yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They're cool. Um, yeah, they they definitely proved that at this event. Definitely. Um, so also, we talked about how the enemy was bringing reserves in from behind us, right? Um, yes. So I left Casterman Orth, um with his Sicker and Arcus, like, in the middle of my section, my, my, like, control zone, I'll call it, right? Which paid off immensely because a lightning came in and tried to nuke one of my knights. And uh, 
I guess he forgot I had the interceptor on it, and I was able to take out the lightning before he got to fire. So that was cool. Yeah, and, you know, that, that was pretty much all Mon or uh, Orth did. I, I just kept him there for a defensive position. Um, but yeah, uh, I think what was it? My tactical squad of sixteen guys charged a Sikran <laughs> Arcus, and uh, for three. Rounds. I was locked in combat trying to throw crack grenades at this thing. I mean, obviously you can't be locked in combat with a vehicle, but I, he was just whittling away at dudes, shooting them, and then I'd move into charge, and I'd throw crack grenades again, and I'd cause one hull point. Same thing would happen, cause one hull point. By the end of the game, because, you know, it was a huge game, we wrapped it up by turn four, people had to leave, he was still alive. And I was like, God damn this <laughs> That was extremely amusing, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Uh, not Dan. Evan, with his Mechanicum. He did some oh. shit against Jesse, man. Jesse was going to go charge in with his uh, Command Squad Death Star sort of thing. So he's got some yeah, characters yeah. in there with Tyrannic Greatswords. And he was going to go cause some havoc on some mech. And uh, he had an 8-inch charge and was shot out to... Nine inches, because uh, he killed a dude in Overwatch, and Jesse rolled, an I think, an eight. So he failed it by one inch, and had he had that guy and not lost him on Overwatch, he would have made it. So that was a tragic time for uh, Jesse. Um, let's see. Another highlight of mine was I actually beat Imper Emperor's Children in close combat as Iron Hands. <laughs> uh, I didn't chase him down. But I did make them flee, which felt pretty good. That's a moral victory, really. It's it's better that way. But, uh, yeah, I think that was that was my big hug. <coughs> it was just super fun. I had fun rolling dice. Um, my lightning came in and took eight hole points off of the uh, the titan, and uh, Dan took off the last hole point, so he got the kill for that. He's a <laughs> fucking kill stealer, is what he is. <laughs> well, I had kind of a mixed bag. I basically deep struck a squad at kind of every corner of the, the board, just wherever I was needed. Cause again, my whole army was coming in from reserve. So I was just kind of trying to support where I could and yeah. not to mention where I could fit in. My goodness, there were so many models on the table. Um, but I had a really great kind of death star unit. It was Sigismund, Tylos Rubio and apothecary and 10 Templars. And the cool thing about having Tylos Rubio or any sort of a knight errant is if you're deep striking, they can use, make use of the, uh, Oh, what's it by falsehood cloaked rule, which, uh, the turn that knight errant deep strikes, they can only make enemy units can only make snapshots at them and any now, charges. Is that units are joined with, or is that, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just says just them. It just says the knight errant. So, he was part of that unit. Okay, so it's just them then. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I deep struck him next to two Thanatars, who he was like, "Well, crap." Um. Oh, and I had a, uh, a navigator with them as well, and it tried to do this lidless stare thing, and it just did not work. Oh yeah, because remember you said, "Don't worry about them, man. I'm gonna lidless stare them off the board." And I was like, "All right, you got this." I don't was still stared off the board before by with my <laughs> Castle axe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look over, they're still there. I'm like, hey, 
Hey, what happened to that little stare? <laughs> so what ended up happening was he couldn't shoot at me with them on that first turn. So he just charged me with two uh, Thanatars, which I had, thank God, I had Melt-A-Bombs on the Templars, but that was still just a brutal combat. Um, he had no characters, so I couldn't make use of Sigismund's... Challenge ability. Right? Yeah, I couldn't challenge anybody. I couldn't make use of his instant death attacks. Um, there was really just grinding, grinding combat. Um, and I ended up... Uh, deep striking a unit of death sworn in there as well, just to help out because Sigismund and Rubio would have eaten it. Otherwise all the Templars eventually got killed. They took out both of the Thanatars, but then they got charged by a Domitar and a, uh, two more Castellax. It was just a grinding bloodbath, but strategically oh, sure. it worked out because, you know, we weren't getting shot out by two Thanatars. So, <laughs> you know, it, it ended up being good for the loyalists as a whole, but man, that was just a brutal, couple turns um yeah man not easy for sure i mean like i said i i had lost everything except for i think a uh um a tech marine orf and the couple of uh i had shadrach still but he was the only guy left from his squad and he was chasing <laughs> that emperor's children praetor down to the end as <laughs> is fitting yeah. um but like i i mean i gotta say with normally I always forget to raise the storm in time, but this time I remembered to raise the storm and it paid off. That's how I beat the uh, Imperial or Emperor's children in combat was I raised the storm right before I charged them. That makes sense. That's oh, good. Stuff. I had a sergeant who made a lucky melted bomb explode and destroy a land raider. There you go. That uh, never happens for me. So that was, that was cool. <laughs> um, so turn one, I deep struck one of my, uh, Terminator units against um, Chase. Uh, he's an Emperor Shillair. Um, to kind of support the the Dan Space Wolves as they were coming up on that objective, and um, oh, what's the Emperor Shillair? Eidolon and a whole Terminator squad just came out Ooh. and sp- charged out of a Spartan, and I couldn't Overwatch him. And I mean, I took out three or four of them, but that that combat did not. They they got wiped. Um, yeah, man. Chase's army, by the way. Beautiful. Yeah. So pretty. Uh, he was running and, um, third company elite. He's got like, pictures up on the Remarch's retreat site, so you can see those. Yeah. Uh, all the armies set out and everything like that. Um, but yeah, definitely was, was great to see so many armies set up. Yeah, his air and armor was just truly impressive. Yeah, and then, the dude had two Arcus tanks, oh. and I was like, I need to get on that. This whole just fucking <laughs> one Arcus is nice, but man, two would be great. Backing <laughs> pretty mean. That that is brutal. And and a lightning and a Zyphon and a Spartan to rapier batteries. Man, he yeah. he, he asked me, he's like, uh, my he came uh, to play. Uh, Zyphon is gonna shoot your lightning. I was like, just do it. Just that thing can't fucking withstand it. You know, he came right <laughs> at me from the front, so I couldn't make use of uh, chafe rounds or anything like that. Oh yeah, and I was just—I knew it was dead, man. He just fucking annihilated my lightning. Oh, but uh, but uh, yeah. So, any other highlights you want to talk about? Um, well, I deep struck a unit of Terminators right on your side, and yes, they which was did super handy. Well, um, that they're my elite squad. It's ten guys. Eight have storm shields. Six have chain fists, and two have the assault cannons. Um, 
they're definitely my best painted unit. They're they're my go-to guys if I need a, a command squad retinue or a, a just heavy assault. Um, deep struck them in uh, turn two. They charged, took out three Emperor's Children land speeders, which were going to cause your knights some trouble. Yeah, they and then Orth, so you totally saved yeah. Orth's ass. That's for sure. And then the next turn, they took out a knight. Because um, that saved Shadrach, because he got charged by that knight, and yeah. that's what killed Shadrach's retinue. And uh, then the next turn, they got charged by a Domitar and got him down to one wound, but somehow did not kill him. That was just some bad rolling. But um, yeah, yeah that- Domitar just like punched my knight to death, and he went over and started punching Terminators. Domitar was just on a roll, man. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Domitars utilized. But that Zone Mortalis, being able to like get around and use the line of sight to get in close before you get shot off the board really helped my feel. Yeah, that it was a unique game setup. There wasn't any, you know, a whole lot of use of like ruins. But it yeah, was that's just, right. How I, many like I made barely any cover saves. Yeah. In fact, none, was, I think. Yeah, once you got past the walls, there was not a lot of cover to be had. But that was a, a cool dynamic, and I'll be honest, and it's it's my own damn fault going into this. I didn't even think about, hey, how should we incorporate, you know, this is a normal 30K game. How should we incorporate the walls of the Zone Mortalis board into it? And, I mean, we just kind of came up with that on the spot. Hey, it could be AV11, one whole point, and wrote up these dynamics in, like, two minutes, and all of a sudden, eh, it worked pretty well. I think we, you know... Having thought of that beforehand, we probably could have written it a bit better. Um, yeah, but uh, still, we're that was like a, you said, great. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, man, that was just a absolutely man. Really, well, um, really fun game. <laughs> I think we're going a little bit later or longer than I I wanted to, but it's all been worth it. So, uh, we'll yeah. go ahead and wrap this up here. At the end of the day. Uh, Best sport went to Bo for bringing his Titan and having it destroyed turn one. <laughs> so he got a yeah. uh, $30 gift card to uh, Battlegrounds for that. So, I mean, Bo, Bo was like, well, shit, I guess I'll bring it to every game and just like put it in the worst possible positions now if it's going to give me $30 every time. And uh, then Best Painted was uh, Chase's Emperor's Children. Seriously, go look at I mean, it was a close second. It was a tiebreaker between Chase and Robbie. And then Robbie yeah. said, well, I'm going to vote for Chase. Yeah. So super fucking stellar move from Robbie. And he's, he's such a solid. I'd marry that dude if I could. I mean, I guess legally I can, but he's already taken. So, you know, there's that. He is, like, engaged. So, I mean, legally not yet. I mean, that, that's not. I guess, oh, yeah. Maybe I, can, maybe I can steal her man. I'm just running out. Well, I'll be Mr. Steal Your Man for sure. Okay. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, man, great armies. Uh, check them out on the Remembrances Retreat website. Or not the website, the uh, Facebook page. Every arm is amazing. Jesse brought these fucking stellar Terminators that he did. They all have uh, the Calibanite axes that come with the uh, Terminator kits from 40K. And they just all look brutal. He's got some in Tartaros armor, some in Cataphracty armor. And they look just like, um, what is that? the cover of that book? Um, uh, Angels of Caliban. Angels of Caliban. That's exactly what they're, they're they look at like, and they are amazing. Yeah, the Tartarus ones are in particular just really impressively painted, and just it, they're just astoundingly great models. And you know, the person that painted them is yeah. just a credit to the human race. Absolutely. Um, 
Bo brought a shit ton of mechanized infantry for Emperor's Children Army. He Holy brought balls, he did. 40 tacticals all in rhinos and oh, yeah. raiders and land raiders. I kind of wish we had just had the time to do one more turn, which we totally didn't, just to see the Mastodon nuke all of them. Oh, and, man. Yeah. Because he was set to just glass that whole section of the board. And we were like, man, we got to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Manny fielded his black shields for the first time. I want to shout out Manny. So, uh, oh, dude, those are so cool. See his black shields with his uh, thousand suns. So he had just a, like a fucking some awesome like camo painted rhinos. They all had like these badass yeah. dozer blades on them. And then each guy was painted up looking rugged and like battle hardened and everything like that. Like, yeah. His acted up with his thousand really suns and were like, fuck them. We'll really impressive. There was not an army I would not play with or buy myself. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that does it, guys. Uh, Jared, I want to thank you for helping me do this uh, wrap-up. And uh, we'll try to keep doing these mini-episode wrap-ups every time um, we have an event. Definitely. I'm, I think, you know, mini-episode yeah, really isn't that many. It's still 45 minutes, I think, is what we're wrapping up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys, definitely check out the Remembrance Retreat site. or. Facebook and uh, look at all the armies there and the fleets. And uh, again, Jared, thanks for coming on. Thank you. What am I saying? Thanks for coming on. You're like a cast member. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for spending your time here with me. Damn straight. And uh, with that, we'll uh, see you guys next Sunday on the uh, regular episode. Later. See you later, guys. Bye.